welcome to the Joe Beam Show. Glad to have you with us tonight. I apologize that last week my voice was so far gone that I just basically scratched into the microphone and hope that you could understand. The week before that, I was out with pneumonia. Hey, it's all better now, and most of my voice is back. Not all, but most. Tonight, we have a really good program. We're actually going to be interviewing a friend of mine, Tina, that we'll bring on in just a moment or so. And also, of course, you can call in and ask any question that you wish. You can ask of of Tina after you hear some of her story. But also, you can ask me if you wish about anything having to do with relationships. It can have to do with marriage, with sex, with anger, with forgiveness, without to do with children, with all kinds of things like that, because that's what this program is about. It is about marriage radio. And we'll talk about those things as you wish. But as I said, we have a special guest with us tonight. I actually met her sometime back when she and her husband came through one of our workshops. They have not yet reconciled their marriage. As a matter of fact, I'll have her tell you about that. But in the meantime, through some conversations through Facebook and a few times where she and I have actually talked on the telephone, we have become friends. And people on our Facebook page, as well as people who hear her occasionally calling on this program, talk about the amazing positive spirit that she has standing for her marriage, even though her husband does not yet want to do so. Her name is Tina, and she's on the air right now. Hi, Tina. How are you? Hey, how are you guys? I am rocking and bopping. And you, my friend? (laughs) I am rocking and bopping as well. I am uh, just back from working on one of my pies, which is my, uh, I guess, intellectual part. I've uh, taken up stained glass after putting it down for over 13 years. And I uh, I just love creating things. I'm actually creating something right now for another part of my pies, um, uh, golf. I took up golf at the beginning of this year, and shh, don't tell them, but I am making a golfer stained glass for my golf pro. <laughs> oh, well, I won't tell him. And right now, <laughs> since you've mentioned pies, we need to go ahead and tell people what that stands for. What are pies, Tina? Well, uh, P is for physical and I is for intellectual, and E is for emotional, and S is for spiritual. And I started, and I really got else? to know all about that at the workshop that I went to in March. But uh, all before I met Marriage Helper, I guess I had been working on it, uh, all of those things, a little bit, little bit, little bit. It wasn't until I met you and your your honey badger team, that um, I really got to, it was all together, you know, so I really got to understand what each individual category meant to me and how it fit into my life. Okay, and for those who are not familiar with the love path, PIES, P-I-E-S, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, these are the various ways in which one person would be attracted to another. You're attracted to another person for physical reasons or for intellectual reasons. That means that you actually can talk to each other and understand each other. Or emotional reasons, which means that the person does things that evokes emotions within you that you enjoy feeling. Or spiritual reasons, and in this sense, it's not religion per se but your beliefs and values. And so when one person is attracted to another, it's typically for one of those four reasons or two or three or four. And therefore we recommend to people that when they're working on the marriage, they work on their own pies, their own physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. So Tina, we already got callers out there waiting, but I want you to tell a little bit of your story, if you will, 
um, as much as you're willing to share about what brought you to our workshop and how things are going now, those kinds of things. Okay. Well, um, I was married before uh, to a high school sweetheart, so to speak, uh, for 10 years. I call him my favorite ex-husband. When we decided to divorce, it was mutual, and we actually went through Divorce.com, $350 later. We were divorced. We would meet for lunch, uh, like once a month and stayed in contact with one another. He eventually remarried to a wonderful girl. She's terrific. In fact, we all just went to the Jet game. They won uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, had a great time. So we really uh, moved away from one another but still stayed together, if that makes sense. When I met my husband, Billy, uh, I met him actually August 8th of 2000, the year 2000, and it just so something different. Uh, there was just something different about our relationship, and we um, actually got married in Valentine's Day, 2004. And uh, it was it it was a good marriage, but it was a lot of work. It was different than the marriage that I had with Tony. Um, it was. Uh, I just never thought I'd ever be in this position, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And he. And how uh, long? How long have you and Billy been married? We will be married twelve years uh, this coming February. He actually left our home December nineteenth, two thousand twelve, and I definitely facilitated in his leaving. Um, I recognize my parts in it uh, now. At the time, I certainly did not. I was very angry. Um, I did not um, think I, if you had asked me back then if I had anything to do with it, I would tell you that it was 99% his fault and maybe 1% mine. But now I've come to learn uh, through a lot of work on myself and my pies that um, we both had a part in it. You know, I was just as much to aid in his leaving as he did. And um, I'm still sorry that he did ever leave. Uh, I do. I am standing for my marriage. We are not divorced. He did file, but he hasn't uh, done anything to facilitate the divorce. And since I do not want the divorce, I haven't either. Um, I think he's a good guy, just doing bad things right now. My personal feeling is that I don't think he thinks he's a good guy. Um, I've come to realize that I can't do things for him, but I'm happy to help him to get to where he needs to be. Um, I, there's something called the serenity prayer that's always in my head a lot, which is basically three lines, which uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that kind of replays in my head through a lot of things I go through in my daily life. I used to be very controlling, now not so much. I see. I got you. I know Billy, and I, too, think Billy is a good guy. I, I actually like Billy quite a bit. And you know that. Of course, we've talked about that before. Yeah. And so... People, when you call on our program occasionally, on um, this program, and of course you have been extremely active in our Facebook groups and interacting with, with other people who are struggling and everybody, I say everybody, I don't know if it's every person in the group, but a whole lot of people comment about how strong you are and how you're able to stay positive. How, how do you do that 
in a situation where your husband at this point is not interested in salvaging the marriage? Well, it didn't start off that way, that's for sure. It took a lot of work. Uh, one of the ways I do it is um, I have a lot of quotes and sayings uh, all around my my world, all in my kitchen where I mostly hang out. I have it in my daily planner. I have it um, in a book that I write in every night. Every night I write in a gratitude journal. I write down five things. It helps out so much because when I'm having a really bad day, I can go back to even the day before and go, oh, right, I liked you know these things I was grateful for. I have a 100% track record of surviving negativity. <laughs> I look at it that way. <laughs> That's great. I also May get, I ask, can I get, you just give me an okay. example of one thing, for example, that you might write in your journal there? What I write, well, I mean, it can be something, something really simple that I woke up uh, and one of my cats was right there, you know, and I have a 17-year-old cat that I watch with a very, very fine eye. And when she eats, it's a great day. And when she doesn't, it's not so great. And so I can look back and go, well, she ate, you know, a whole can today. Um, it's the simple things. It's it's just realizing, you know, like right now in New York, um, I, I sent you some leaves. I don't know if you got them or not, but that was me. <laughs> I, it, it leaves are all changing and everything like that. And walking along and seeing all the different leaves that are on the ground and the different colors and knowing that there's a higher power that caused that to happen. Whatever you believe in, there is something that causes that to change. Um, it's just um, coming in and having my animals rush to the door uh, and greet me, but it's because I forgot my keys. I just left, you know, <laughs> something simple. <laughs> so, so anything in your life that, that can be positive, it doesn't have to be earth shaking or shattering, but something that's important to you and you write that down. Now, when you write it down, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking how grateful I am. I'm thinking so grateful, how grateful I am that I have a cat that's 17 years old uh, that still wants to live. I'm looking around, and I'm grateful that I have a home. Uh, I'm grateful that um, the the sun is out or that it rains, because it, when it rains, it actually cleans out my back porch. So <laughs> it's the simple things. I just I, you don't get too detailed, or you can. It's really your own gratitude journal. You can write whatever you want. Well, Tina, you know that that many people who are standing for their marriages and want things to work out, and and their husbands or wives are not reciprocating, actually become very depressed and and get very anxious. So I understand what you're saying about writing these positive things, but is that the most powerful thing you do to stay positive, or is there something even more than that? No, it's a combination of a lot. It's uh, finding joy in your daily life. It's listening to upbeat music. It's uh, volunteering. And volunteering doesn't mean taking time out of your day and going to a soup kitchen. I mean, unless you have that, that's more power to you. Volunteering to me is taking my neighbor's can garbage cans in. Um, volunteering is uh, inviting friends over for dinner. Um, uh, I also belong to a meetup group uh, for divorce-separated uh, people, and I have met some really great people there. And we've become very close and tight, and we usually do things on the weekends together at least one night or day during the weekend. In fact, we just um, were up at a Buddhist monastery, and it was terrific. And then all of us that didn't want to go, we all met for dinner afterwards. It's just 
you find people that have like uh that are that are standing where you are as well and you they understand what you're going through more than such as your family or your friends that you had before you started this whole process or journey or whatever you want to call it or nightmare <laughs> depends on how you look at it <laughs> or whatever it is so all of you have you all your life been this positive I don't know. <laughs> I had a I didn't have such a great childhood. I had a childhood, let's put it that way. But I did have a great dad. And he taught me from the very beginning if you want to be a victim or a victor. And it's always better to choose the latter since you know you will make the the biggest uh difference in your life and the lives that I care for on a daily basis by being by being a victor. I'd rather be a victor than a victim. When you're a victim, you just kind of lay down and just let life roll over you. But when you're a victor, you're saying to yourself, you know what, it's almost like Stuart Smalley. Remember Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live? You know, I'm I'm good enough. I'm, uh, what was it? I I took a note down because I didn't want to forget it. Yeah, because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. And it's just affirmations to yourself to build yourself up to be a victor it doesn't mean you're going to win back your husband or your spouse but it just means that you can hold your head up high and whatever they're doing they're doing but all you can do is yourself okay what i heard you say though that was a key word i heard in there you said your dad taught you to choose either to be a victim Mm -hmm. or a victor so it really is an act of will right well, you can trick your mind into thinking that, you know, and it, as the more you do it, the easier it will become. Uh, but, yes, it's a choice. It's a cho- Everything is a choice when you approach something in your life. You either choose to do something or not do something. It's a choice. The and e- so when you made this easier, choice. The more you choose the right path, the easier it becomes. Well, the positive that, and that path. makes sense. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, let me make sure I get it correctly, is that mm-hmm. you choose to be a victor. Therefore, you choose to do the things like volunteering in the way you described and, and looking for the good in everything that you can, that you've made that choice. And that by continually, by continually making that choice, that it actually becomes something easier to do because you continue to make the same choice. I am going to be the victor. And and I heard you just say this, even if he doesn't come back, I can mm-hmm. find the good, I can find the positive, and that's how you live your life. Exactly. Again, I have a 100% track record of surviving the negativity. I have a 100%. I'm here, I'm alive, I'm talking, I'm breathing, I'm walking. The It's easy to think negatively, but once you start to train your mind to see that the glass is full, you know how people approach things, oh, the glass is half full or half empty. It's not, that's, all, that's all crap. That's not true. The glass is always full. It might have a soluble element in it, water, whatever, but it always has a life-staining element in it, and that's air. So the glass is always full. And if you think of things like the glass is always full, it will can quickly become a way of life. And what I want to point out to everybody who's listening to this, and, and, and by the way, a lot more people listen to it later on iTunes when they uh, subscribe to Marriage Radio. Other people listen to it on marriageradio.com. 
Tina is not uh, some kind of a motivational speaker or self-help author, and and I'm I'm not trying to say anything negative about motivational speakers or self-help authors. We're talking about a lady here, a woman, a person who who does this for her own life in practicality. She's not not trying to convince you to do something so you'll pay her money. She's saying this is how I live. And if you were exposed to Tina and the things that she writes on Facebook or the things she has said as she's called into this program before, you know that this is who she really is. This is the way she really lives. And that's what's so impressive about this, Tina. So what about the days when maybe you're not quite so positive? Do you have those? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I only give myself a limited amount of time to, you know, live in that that area. I don't stick too long in there. It's not healthy for me. Um, I attract good people uh, that help me rise above. Uh, that mixes negatively attracts negative, and positively attracts positive. Um, I do it because my animals also. I don't have children, so that's why I keep talking about the animals. But like you know, I've heard um, a lot of my close friends say they're called littles. Uh, one of one of our friends, Mary, she calls her kids littles. I think that's so cute. And the littles are always looking at you for inspiration and for guidance, but also for safety. They want to feel safe. My animals, same thing. They want to feel safe. Uh, so I need to be a certain way, uh, not 24-7, but I need to maintain a certain way so that I can project it out, so that I can get it back. When you go through this standing, you, you feel blind. It's like you need to feel your way through this quagmire. And you get pricked a lot, and sometimes you bleed, but you need to not overthink things, but think of ways to improve you, and thereby directing, uh, directly affecting ways to improve your situation. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm hoping, since you came to our workshop and we have done things together, that we've been able to help that son. Absolutely. It was life-changing for me. Everything that I have, for me, when this first started, it was researching. I read an awful lot. Um, I, I uh, watched videos, that sort of thing. And when it really looked like it was the divorce was going to start to happen, I threw it out there. And I, and I had just, I had walked away from the church for over 35 years. And that was mostly based on my childhood. I just didn't believe that there could be a higher, any kind of higher power to have happened what I, what happened to myself. Um, but as I started to go back to church, and in the beginning it was just sitting in a church. Uh, it wasn't anything else but just when it was in between uh, services, just sitting there. And then it was going for 10 minutes, and then it was longer and longer and longer. And I started to realize there is definitely a higher power there. And when I... When I started to say when the divorce looked like it was definitely going to happen, I threw it out to God and I said, listen, if there's anything that's going to help me out here, I need it now, quick. <laughs> and Marriage Helper showed up on the computer and you did and your video and I thought this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And um, the nice thing about Marriage Helper was that everything was all in one spot. It was all condensed. And like you had explained, Billy and I did go to the workshop. We have not reconciled. I don't know if we ever will. I hope that we will because I do love him, but I don't know. But either way, I will be fine. And a lot of that I have to owe to Marriage Helper. I also took the course 
the online course that you offered, the 10-week course, and that just reiterated what I had listened uh, and learned from the workshop. And it was interesting to me when I took the course. I don't know if you're going to find this funny, but I thought it was funny. When I first took the work, when I was first went to the workshop, um, and you explained about the four horsemen, and uh, anybody who knows what I'm talking about is probably laughing. I was fell under the contemptuous and critical. Uh, side of the four horsemen and then when I retook the 10-week course uh, I found that I was less contemptuous and critical so I thought that was a positive thing because it meant that I was really working on myself not to stay in that area but I'm sadly to say that I became more defensive in stonewalling so I'm I'm glad to hear the chuckle So I'm really working on myself for that, so I'm hoping that mm-hmm. it's almost like a pendulum, and I'm sticking in the middle of it. We'll see. Well, <laughs> as part of life. We have several callers out here. Now, uh, usually I call on our callers by their area code, but for some strange reason, all of a sudden, my screen has cut off all the area codes. So I'm going to call awesome go to the next caller, <laughs> and, and hopefully he or she will know who we're talking to Hello, caller. I know that your last number of area code is nine. The rest of it has been cut off my screen. You're on the air. Can you hear me there? Hello? Hello? Hello, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Can you give me a first name, please? Mariah. Okay. And you're on the air with me and with Tina. How can we help you this evening? Um... I called in because I've been in a battle to save my marriage for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I I think it was on Friday night that I found your website. Um, I don't know what else I can do. Um, I have yet to... My husband and I don't live in the same place. Um, mm-hmm. He moved it's been a couple of years, and he's involved with someone else. And last year, he did file for divorce, but then in my belief system, I fasted and prayed, and he stopped the proceedings on the to me. I found out later on that he did stop the proceedings. Um, but he, a couple of months ago, he wanted to work on things. And then we started working on things, but then uh, he has started up with this other woman again in a different state. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at my wit's end right now. I do love him, and I want to save my marriage. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes, uh, so right now, I know the next workshop is coming up pretty soon, and uh, I guess it depends on his mood. He will take my call or he wouldn't take it. So I don't know. Okay. So let me make sure, let me make sure I'm hearing all of this. Has, has he, or has he not agreed to come to the workshop with you? I have not spoken to him yet. I left him a message to call, me, but he has not called back yet. I see. And is he living with this other woman or is he living with you? He's living with this other woman. Okay. Is he having any communication with you at all about anything? Um, he texted me last Friday, said he was just reaching out. Um, 
but that's that was about it. He he wants he said he doesn't want to complicate things and be between two people. If he's gonna do one thing, he's gonna do one thing. Um so he's he's indicating no desire to help save the marriage at all at this point. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Is he say that again? I'm saying so at this point, is he indicating no desire to save the marriage? Is that what you're saying? No, he has said that um, he's trying to do something. I don't know what it is that he's trying. And he says, you know, the longest rope has an end. And he knows that we created something together. And he knows that it's not going to go away or um, oh, it's 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 not able to go away because it's something that we created together. Um, but then, uh, with this other person, I don't know. Yes, that that definitely can confuse things without a doubt. Well, my hope is that he will respond to your text, that he'll talk to you. would be very happy to help if you can get him to come to the workshop. If if he doesn't want to come to our workshop, I surely hope that you find some people that will help you and him work through these things. And I'm assuming since you said you found the website, have you been through marriagehelper.com to look for articles on such things as limerence, for example, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E? Have you read those articles by any chance? I have read some of the articles. I have listened to some of the, I've watched some of the videos, but um, I have not done all of them yet. Because like I said, it was only Friday that I found the website. Because I guess. I understand. And I suggest in the interim, while you're waiting to hear back from him, that if you if you have time, I suggest you go to marriagehelper.com. That's marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com, which you've already been. And, and look for more of those articles, because the more you understand about what's going on, the better equipped you will be. And and I certainly do hope that he will accept your invitation and come to our workshop or at least find some kind of help. Um Kimberly, what positive were uh, Kimberly? I'm sorry, <laughs> Tina. That's okay. Tina, I've been, I'm honored to be called that name for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what positive word do you have for her, Tina? You know, all I can say is read everything on the Marriage Helper Workshop. And again, the only way I know Marriage Helper is from doing it myself. I'm not a part of the fabulous beam team but read everything that you can watch every video that you can as much as i wanted billy uh my husband or anyone else to repair the marriage i only knew it could be me and the reason that i only knew that it wasn't because he couldn't it was because he didn't want to and it sounds the same as your husband as well uh work on yourself just i know you don't you know it's not um not a great time and you're probably feeling very low but surround yourself with people that will only bring you up uh and don't go they'll you'll read about this on the marriage helper but don't go and you know poison the well with your you know telling your family members how you feel and everything because everybody who loves you wants the best for you and in their mind they will tell you leave him walk away you're you don't deserve that but if your heart if your heart is really telling you to hang on and stay, you need to do that. You need to make every move to make sure that you have peace in your heart. 
And that is why I stay. I cannot tell you how many people have told me to move away and move on. He doesn't deserve me. That's their opinion. My opinion is my heart. And peace in my heart is hoping that I, all I can do is work on myself and pray that Billy has softened his heart towards me. That's all you can do. Yes, I Again, realize so we, that. Okay. Well, thank you for calling. We do recommend that you go to the website, and, and we really hope and pray that things work for you. We really do. Thank you so much. By the way... Tina, uh, <clears throat> uh, again, I apologize for calling you Kimberly. Uh, hey, I'm but, honored. <laughs> uh, Kim, Kimberly's pretty sharp, but I thought the answer yeah. you just gave then—I thought the answer you gave just then was absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much. Let's try another call. You want to? Sure. Okay. All right. I got the area codes back finally. Area code five two zero. You're on the Joe Beam Show. How can we help you this evening? Hi. How are you guys? Good. I'm doing Hi, well. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm calling. So, um, I just first of all, I wanted to thank you guys for all the good advice that you give everybody. Well, you're quite welcome. Now, I didn't catch your first name. I'm sorry. Could you give us a first name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Okay. All right. And how can we help you this evening, Elizabeth? Well, let me let me tell you guys just a little of my story. Um. I had the affair in this relationship. We've been divorced since February now. And um, for a while now, I've been I've been working on my pies and just everything. And it's, I've had my ups and downs with, I still call him my husband. And um, I recently found out that he's seen somebody now. And um, which is understandable. I mean, we're not together. But uh, just the other night, um, he was here dropping off our daughter. Um, we just had a simple conversation. I had made a, a dish that he liked, so I, I served him some to go. And he told me, you're somebody very special. And then um, that just got to me because I haven't told him that I loved him or that I missed him in a long time because I'm scared of the reaction that he's going to give me because of all the rejection that he has given me in the past. But um, something in my heart told me to tell him that I loved him. And he's like, wow, I I didn't know you still felt that way. And I said, yes, I I haven't stopped loving you. And um, another thing I asked him was if he would do me the favor of thinking about giving me a second chance and he just stayed quiet and he said I don't know I don't know and it just I don't know where I stand I don't know what I'm doing and I'm scared now, is that what he said he said I don't know what I'm doing and I'm scared no I'm, I'm telling I'm telling you, you that oh I see yeah. okay alright and what did he say he just said, yeah, I'll think about it, but I don't know if he will or not. And I just, I, I feel scared for opening up to him again because I miss him and I love him so much. Well, I understand your fear. I really do understand your fear, but please don't beat yourself up about that. It's It's okay to be human and it's okay for your emotions to show. 
I mean, we teach people principles, you know, do this, this works better than that, do that, that works better, that kind of thing. But even at that, nobody on the planet is going to do anything perfectly. It sounds to me that what happened was that, that what's inside your heart just flowed out. So please don't beat yourself up about that. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe it planted a seed inside of him. Maybe. I can't say that it did or it didn't. I certainly don't know. But I hear your pain. I hear your heartbreaking. I hear that you want this thing to work. And I'm certainly not going to say, oh, you messed up. You did the wrong thing. I'm not going to say that at all. It, what happened, happened. And let's just hope and pray that somehow, some way, it got through some of his defenses and that maybe, maybe somehow it will touch him. Now, on the other hand, don't count on that because sometimes the greatest hurt we have is the hurt we have from expectations we develop. Like, you know, oh boy, I think this is going to lead to that. And then it doesn't lead to that. And that can be quite painful. So if you can, try not to put too much hope in whatever good it might do, while at the same time not beating yourself up for being human. And uh, how often does he come by? Well, I see him maybe, yeah, pretty much every weekend he gets our daughter. Okay, and when he comes by to see the daughter, is is he civil? Is he kind? Oh yes, we've not in the beginning. Of course, we wouldn't talk. He couldn't even talk to me because of what I did. But um, it's he's telling me that he knows how much I tried to save the marriage before we we were divorced, and it's not that he knows that I didn't try. It's just that he can't get that image out of his head of what I did. And I'm so sorry that he has that in his head, and I surely pray that he can reach the point of forgiveness. Is is he a religious person by any chance? Um, yes. Yes, he is. Okay. Do you know if he ever reads at all? No, he doesn't. I mean, he believes in God and the Bible and stuff, but he, he's always told me before that he's never really read it. Hmm. Okay. Because what I was going to do was offer you a copy of my book. I mean, as my gift, I'd give it to you. I wrote a book called Getting Past Guilt. It's a Bible study. And it's actually written for people like you. You know, how do you get past the guilt that you feel? But other people have had that book that actually got them to forgive. I don't know if you have you ever seen a television program called Duck Dynasty by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the brothers on there, Al. Al is the one that doesn't have the beard. He's the oldest brother. In in the book that he and Lisa wrote that came out about a year ago, Al talks about the fact that, and, and of course, I'm not saying anything out of that I shouldn't say here because Al wrote about it publicly. So this is common knowledge. He had trouble forgiving her for what she did, but when he read that book, Getting Past Guilt, he found the way to forgive his wife and take her back and make his marriage work. So I know that in addition to helping people get past their own guilt, I know at least at least that case, and I know of some others, of course, where that people who were having trouble forgiving what the other person did was actually able to do that by reading that book. If you thought he would read it, I'll be glad to send you a copy of it. Now, if I do that, don't try to force it on him. Just kind of lay it around. And, and maybe sometime when he comes out to get your daughter, you can just say something like, Hey, I just read that book. It really helped me a lot. Uh, would you be interested in reading it? And if he is, let him take it with him. Do you think that might work? I mean, I'm willing to try anything. 
Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. You send an email to us at askjoe, that's A-S-K-J-O-E, askjoe, at marriagehelper, that's marriagehelper, marriagehelper.com. And if you need to listen to that again, you can uh, you can listen to this actually tomorrow on marriageradio.com, or you can go to iTunes and listen to Marriage Radio, and you can listen to this program again. But that's the email address, askjoe at marriagehelper.com. And you just email us and say, hey, I'm, I'm Elizabeth that Joe promised the book to. I'll send you the book. And then you read it. Hopefully it'll help you. Then put it somewhere that when he comes down to get the daughter, he can see it. And just casually mention, I read that book. It helped me a lot. Uh, and then tell him a little bit about it and say, oh, if you ever want to read it, be sure to take it. He may not take it. He may. But but it's something that at least we can try. And I'll be glad to give that to you if you want it. Thank you. I say go for it, Elizabeth. Go for that book. You know, one of the things that this will uh, only things that might work is time. And you need to look for the little things to keep you on a positive uh, buoyancy, so to speak. But be very proud of yourself. Be very proud of yourself for standing up and saying something that came from your heart. Uh, realize that everybody is a flawed human being. You are, I am, Joe is, believe it or not. Uh, and that you also have a 100% track record of survival. You survived. You survived whatever it is, what you went through, but you also survived your divorce. And you're surviving seeing your husband, who is still in your heart, your husband. So I'm proud of you. Good for you, Elizabeth. I would say take advantage of what Joe's offering to you and just, you know, it might not work the first time you offer him that book, but maybe on the fifth time it will. Don't stop. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. Um, You know, it's been a while now since we've been divorced and he's with someone, he's seen somebody else now. Um, I just, maybe not even you guys, but I don't know where I stand. Like, am I naive to continue trying and can still considering him my husband? I I feel really alone, and I just don't know what I'm doing. Tina, tell her about what you yep. do. <laughs> you need to stabilize yourself first. You need to, what I do, what I do is I, um, the night before I have a to-do list for the next day. So it's something that I can always look forward to accomplishing. Um, I list the dogs that I have to walk in the middle of the day. I have my own pet sitting business, but I also do the little errands like going to the bank or the cleaners or something like that. Those little things when you accomplish that big check that you accomplished it or the line through it, that gives me peace in my heart. Uh, like I also wrote, uh, just talked about is that um, I have a gratitude journal. So I write five things. Some people write three things. You could write one thing. The only thing, if you can only write one thing, it's like I got up. That's a thing. You accomplished that. You got up. When you, um, little things, uh, taking my neighbor's newspaper in, closer to the door, something like that, taking their garbage pails in for somebody who works all day and doesn't get home until 5, 6 o'clock at night. I actually did that to one of my neighbors, and I think I freaked her out a little bit because uh, she's going through some something similar that I'm going through with her husband, and uh, she didn't really know who it was, but she she pinpointed me. And one of the things about being a neighborhood elf is that you don't tell everyone that you're doing it. So I was like, yes, it was me. Something simple, too, of just saying hi to somebody. You know, don't expect anything back. 
knowing that they're flawed. Everybody's fighting their own little battles. Uh, you don't know what it is when you, when, until you really sit down and talk with somebody. But just smile and say hello. What, is, what does it cost you? It costs you nothing. Stabilize yourself, though, Elizabeth. Find joy in your life, something that you do that brings you joy. I, I would assume the start would be your daughter and watching her laugh and smile. That's where I would start. Now, Elizabeth, there's great power in what uh, Tina is saying, because if you find that joy inside of you, in spite of what's going on, then that changes, that will change the way he sees you. Now, I can't promise you that'll make him come back. So don't, don't hear me making any false promises, but it's the best thing you can do for you. And if anything's going to help put this back together, this will be part of it. That that positive spirit, that way to think about life that Tina's talking about, and Tina, by the way, lives this. If if you do that, I'm, I know it will be so much better for you and take away some of this misery and some of this fear and give a different image of you to your husband. So I, I pray for you that you can do, that you find within yourself to do those things Tina talked about. And if you didn't hear the first part of this program, please go back and listen to it uh, tomorrow on marriageradio.com. Listen to it again and listen to the things that Tina talked about at the outset about what she does, because she and her husband are not reconciled yet either. But the things that she does that that she was just talking to you about that has made such a difference for her and in her. And and I really hope that you listen to that and that you can appropriate some of those things for you. Thank you. Okay. You have a good evening. Okay, we're going to area code 662. Hello, area code 662. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hey. How are you? Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, who are you talking to? This is Juliana, long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) (laughs) And so you call us off to Tina. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm pals with Tina. (laughs) Everybody's pals with Tina. Even Santa Claus is pals with Tina. I get it through you guys. Are you kidding me? I get it through all of you on the Facebook page. And I just am such a better place after really being part of Marriage Helper. I'm just so much of a better place. Yeah, for sure. Well, this question is for both of you, but it was triggered by something that Tina said. I'm like, I'm going to call because I have this question. The, The making choice of being a victor instead of a victim. I get that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the question, and, and it, it's kind of for both of you guys, because Tina's most positive, but then Joe has a little more years experience. How do you help your children who are obviously victims with that same struggle? Because they actually are the victims. Like, they had no choice in, in what's happened. How do you, Are there suggestions for helping them overcome that where they're they're victors and not victims, or is it just simply something we have to model? I really want to hear what Tina says about that, but, but may I interrupt just for a second? Yeah. I don't think they are victims. Now, let me explain that very quickly before you get defensive. Yes. What happened to them is not right. And in in that sense, are they the victim of decisions your husband has made? Yes. Yes. I agree. I understand all that. But, but when Tina talks about the difference in a victor and a victim, she's not talking about what's happened to you. She's happened. She's talking about what choice you make within you as to how you're going to respond to that and how you're going to live. Am I right, Tina? 
Yep, absolutely. That's spot on. You can't do anything about the past. I mean, I'm not, my whole thing is animals. I don't uh, mean to suggest at any way that your children are animals. <laughs> Let's make well. that crystal clear. <laughs> well, okay, but no, that's between you and I. Uh, but when I take, I do a lot of rescue all around the United States. When I take in a pet, whatever it is, I don't look at what has happened to them. I use that as uh, information, but I know their lives are going to be completely different now that myself and others are in their lives. So I'm totally changing their path. Um, children are not victims. They will look at you as the influence. Uh, and if you hold your head up high, and I, I get it, you know, in the beginning you're going to have to fake it. It's going to be hard. And the only way to continue to keep the path is through quotes, sayings, maybe cartoons. I get a cartoon every day called Mutts in my um, email box, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> I also um, get a little saying from Blog Trotter, and it's a quote of um, like Mark Twain or somebody like that. So, uh, and that also makes, it just centers me. It just brings me back into a positive spot. I also watch a lot of comedy TV shows. Big Bang Theory uh, is great. Um, I also have a very, very funny guy who's uh, friends with him on Facebook as well in person, Harris Bloom. He's great. He makes me laugh out loud. Uh, stuff like that. You just got to center yourself so that you can be the inspiration and influence on those around you. If I can, uh, and I agree with all of that, if I can add one thing to it, kids who have not faced adversity, if you say to them, you can choose to be a victor or a victim, it doesn't really mean anything to them because they don't know what that means. Right. It's mm-hmm. the kids that have been through, you know, adversity, like this really hurts. Those are the kids that, that really get it when you sit down and say, okay, it wasn't fair. You, you shouldn't have had to go through all of this stuff. But, you know, whatever you choose to do from this point on is really your choice. Because there are some people who would go through what you're going through who would think of themselves as a victim and live the rest of their lives as poor, poor, pitiful me. But you, because you have the strength within you and because you have the goodness within you and because you've got a mom that loves you and, and et cetera, et cetera, you can make a choice that even in spite of this pain, you can be a victor and that, that your life doesn't have to be defined by this pain. You now, you can learn from it. You can grow from it. But your life's going to be far beyond this and then start giving them a focus to go beyond this about what life can be and how good it can be in the future. Because, and, and I don't know if Tina agrees with this or not, we'll ask, but based on what I run into in the adult world, people who see themselves as victims are basically people who have given up all hope about themselves. And they think the whole world is bad and I can't rise above it. Whereas the people that think of themselves as victors, have all been through some nasty stuff, but they look at it and go, but, but I rose above it based on what was in me. Now, can a kid do that overnight? Obviously not. But what Tina was saying is Tina was saying is that you model it. You keep teaching them. You keep showing them the way. And, and it's like, we will not be spending the rest of our life miserable because of what's happened to us. We are all going to progress. We're all going to be successful in spite of our pain. And because of that, are going to help other people in the future with their pain, those kinds of things. Now, Tina, would you agree or disagree with that? Absolutely, 100%. I got it from my father. You know, my father didn't come from uh, the uh, very affluent 
passed, and he was uh, the the youngest of five kids. Um, And he (laughs) pulled himself up by his bootstraps and uh, surrounded himself by quality people, around quality people, including one of being his brother, who helped him out an awful lot, my Uncle Bob. And uh, he went on to Yale, and he was my influence. You know, and my inspiration. Sadly, he passed away in 2000. But believe you me, if he was still alive right after this call, I would be on the phone with him, going, "Can you believe it? Joe Beam has me on his show." You know, <laughs> it's just the little things. It's it's uh, it's just being an influence and inspiration to other people. If I can be that to somebody else, I'm thrilled. Now, for others, because I know this doesn't apply to Joe, but for others. If you, because of, of your marriage situation, let yourself become a victim in your own mentality, it's going to pass through to your kids. Now, I know, I know, Joy, you're better than that, but I'm talking to everybody out there right now. So what you need to do for the sake of your children is get past this victim in mindset and become this victor. And and like Tina talked about earlier, and you can go back and listen to the program on Marriage Radio tomorrow or on iTunes and Marriage Radio just little things, but you do a lot of these little things to raise yourself past this. Was okay. that a, was that a tor- tornado that just passed some somebody's house? <laughs> <laughs> it was my dishwasher. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I I'm glad it wasn't still. a tornado. <laughs> it is windy here, though. I know there's supposed to be some bad weather around America tonight, and I thought, oh, my goodness, we're hearing a tornado. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad that you are safe. Okay. See, that's a positive. No, it's you... a dishwasher instead of a tornado. There you go. <laughs> yes. my call, I have clean dishes. See, there you go. You're already uh, on the right path. <laughs> well, I will thank you guys because, honestly, I, I do think that, is the biggest struggle that I have internally. And I don't express it to my kids. I look at them and I think they've been victimized. I really, I feel like they've been robbed of so much. And um, I guess I need to think about it differently that, you know, they do like change my (laughs) thinking about their thinking. I don't think of myself as a victim. I'm like, I'm a grown person. I can move on, but I look at them and I'm like, huh, they have no choice. You know, (laughs) it's looking at the glasses all full. That's it. It's not half full or no full or whatever full, you know, or not full. It's just looking at it that the glass is completely full. Like I started to say, it's, it could be a soluble su- substance in it or not, but still there's a life-sustaining uh, element in it, and that's air. And you need it to live and breathe and talk and walk. Um, one of the things also that helps me out is the figure, I figured out my love language. There's uh, Gary Chapman. He had written a book about five love languages, and there's the gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. And they have a, a quiz that will help you to tell you what your love language is. But turn it to yourself. Figure out what your own love language is. For me, it's words of affirmation, and I have them surrounded in my kitchen. I have them from letters. Um, I have them from emails that I've cut out. I've had them even from my accountant. I'm looking at it right now. It says, Tina, hang in there. Call me anytime off the clock. Cry on my shoulder. It gets emotional. When I look at that, this this little old man who I've never even met my entire life writes me this wonderful note. That, to me... 
I love. So figure it out. There's also a, a great good friend of mine, uh, Juliana. She sends herself flowers. Uh, I think she I think she wrote every week or every month. I think that's fabulous. That was me. That's her love language. Oh, that was you. Oh, my friend. I love you. <laughs> I just, when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, that's so great. That's so great that you do that for yourself. That's your love language. Those kids are lucky to have you. Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, well, thank I you. Want to come back I've, got, I've got their love languages down. Yeah, I, I definitely get your own. Get your own love language down. Yeah. Oh, I've got mine, yeah. too. Yeah. I, yeah. My call is focused on my kids. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, awesome. Who are you on the phone with? We're trying to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have several more callers out there. So if, yeah. if, you're, if you're sure that your dishwasher is not going to hurt you, we're going to go ahead and go on to the next. Yeah. Call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. My kids All might, right. but dishwasher yeah. Okay. Right. You Love you guys. Evening. Bye. Okay. We're going to area, going to area code three, one, three. Hello, area code three, one, three. You're on the Joe Beam show. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Yes, I am. And can we have a first name, please? Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. How can we help you tonight? Well, um, a little bit about my background with my marriage. Um, I've been married for 32 years, and as of August, my husband came up to me and told me he didn't want to be married anymore. He didn't love me. He wanted to quit his job. He hated his life. He wants to be happy. Um, I love my husband, and I'm standing right now with him trying to make the marriage work. He's still living at home. He acts like he's married. He's doing everything around the house, Um, still sleeping in the same bed. Um, But he's texting another woman that is much younger than us who lives in another state. She's, uh, he's trying to rescue her. She's got a lot of problems. Um, Thing is tonight he's in that other state um, for work. He travels and it's, it's really bothering me because I know that, you know, they're talking to each other and who knows what else. And, uh, it's like really hard to get through, you know, um, I'm prayerful and I've been doing a lot of praying going on the Facebook page, which I really appreciate. And I love, you know, um, all the suggestions that people give. My husband's kind of lost his, uh, his faith. Um, told me he doesn't doesn't believe anymore, even though he used to go to church with me all the time. I'm blaming myself, for, you know, some somewhat for what's going on, but I'm trying not to look to the past. I'm trying to move each day, you know, forward one day at a time. Um, I'm trying to figure out um, where to go from here. I'm trying to um, hang in there for us. Um, and I'm not exactly sure. I'm, he's supposed to come home tomorrow night, and I'm kind of scared about that. Like, what's he going to say um, when he comes back? Um, mm-hmm. How, you know, how the visit with, so, with his may know, I ask other a person. May I ask a question? Go ahead. Too? You say that he's texting her. So is it your understanding that he is emotionally involved with her? Yes. Yep. So you think that, that he actually has an emotional connection with her? Now, yeah. I understand that he's still living at home, still living, sleeping in the same bed, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a reason that you are uh, willing to accept his behavior of continuing to text this woman? Um, that's a good point. I'm trying to figure out what to do to, to end that, um, and I'm not exactly sure how to do that. 
Um, well, he, he told me we... basically. He basically told me um, a couple weeks ago that he was going to give her one to two weeks, and then he was going to break it off. And then I asked him. I says, "Well, it's been two weeks," and he says, "I don't know if I'm ever going to stop texting her." So it's like, yeah. Well, it appears that he does have a strong emotional connection with her. Now, you, of course, have to decide what you're going to do. I can't tell you what to do. Nobody can tell you what to do because it's always your life and your decision. Therefore, you need to make the decision. We typically recommend in a situation like this, or at least suggest that you seriously consider that you create what we call a boundary. Now, a boundary is when you say this is destructive behavior. Therefore, it is unacceptable. Texting her, if indeed he does have an emotional connection with her, is destructive behavior because it's destroying your marriage. I'm I'm assuming that it is ripped you to shreds knowing that he's doing that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. He'll go in the back room or whatever, and and he always turns his phone over because... I know he's right. got you know a texting right. relationship with her. So, so because that's destructive behavior, if if you choose to set a boundary, and let me explain what a boundary is. If you choose to set a boundary, the boundary would be something like this: you cannot text her anymore and live here. And then and then when you set a boundary, you set a consequence. Now, typically, we recommend that you set a tiered consequence. Here's what that means: if you do it one time, this is what's going to happen. If after that you do it the second time, this other thing's going to happen. If you do it the third time, then there's really, really bad things going to happen. And so, for uh-huh. example, I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do. And I'm just giving you examples. Examples would be something like if I find out you texted her again, then you're going to have to leave for two weeks. And if you refuse to leave, I'm going to have to see a, an attorney to make sure that you leave. Now, after that two weeks, if you quit texting her, you can come back. But if it happens a second time. If you text her again, then you've got to leave for a month. Uh huh. And then, yeah, and then if after a month you come back and, and, and you say you're not going to do anymore, that's fine. We'll, we'll live together. But if you do it the third time, then I'm going to file for divorce. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that's exactly what to do. I'm just giving you an example of how that would work. Now, if yeah. you decide to set that kind of boundary, you need to understand this. You may wind up having to throw him out. Because he may violate the boundary. So if you're going to set a boundary like that and set a consequence like that, then you have to be willing to bring that consequence to bear. Because if you set a consequence and then he does it and then you don't invoke the consequence, then basically what you've taught him is he can do whatever the heck he wants to do. And you certainly don't want to do that. Yeah, I know. It's like nowadays I feel like I'm doing that already, you know, because he has the best of both worlds. You know, he's here and doing stuff with me, and yet he's got this other person, you know. It's like... <laughs> yeah, well, people people pretty well do what you let them do. Now, yeah. again, this is your decision. It cannot be my decision. It can't be anybody else's decision. It's got to be yours. But if you really want to bring this to a head, then it would be you write out a, you write out a boundary and a consequence. Boundary. You cannot text her. Consequence, if you do, this is going to happen. Okay, first time, second time, third time. And each time it gets you know a much bigger and greater consequence than it was before. Now, make sure you understand that if you do that, he may just leave. You understand that? Yeah, right. So therefore, if, if you're going to set a boundary, you have to have a very strong backbone if you're going to set that I boundary. know. I don't. Right now, it's like I'm like... Um, I don't know. I just, 
I, I've been well, a wimp about the whole thing. I don't know. Well, I'm you afraid love to the lose man. him, I guess. That's what it is. You love the man. You don't want to lose him. And yet, right. yet you, you probably know in your heart that if you continue to let this happen, it's going to destroy you because it's just going oh, to I eat know. you alive. And yeah. and that's not going to do anybody any good, is it? If you wound up if you wind up being emotionally distraught and destroyed, so hopefully, hopefully, if you do set a boundary, hopefully he will live by the boundary. If he doesn't, then again, you've got to bring the consequences. And if you do the bring, if if you do bring those consequences to bear, they need to be painful. Not not because you're trying to punish him, not because you're trying to hurt him. I mean, it's not from a vengeance standpoint, but it's from a standpoint of I need to make sure he understands how destructive this behavior is. And therefore, the boundary I'm going to set is going to be pretty bad one so he can understand just how bad this behavior is. Now, is there anybody in your world, a pastor, uh, an older couple, somebody who can who can stand beside you and help you with this? Yeah, I've been I I go to a um, therapist. Plus, I also have uh, um, somebody at my church that I've been talking to. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you've yeah. got some support system, it helps a lot. We we suggest you be careful about who you tell because if you tell people that start spreading it around, it's going to make everything worse. You don't want to poison the world. Right. But you yeah. do need to have somebody that can be a support system for you. But as it stands right now, the only one that I can think of that can change what's happening is you. And the only way you can change it is by this big risk of, building, of, of drawing a boundary, making it clear, and bringing about consequences, knowing that the risk of that is that you might lose the marriage. But also knowing that even if you have to bring about the consequence, that may lead him back to you. But the fact that he said, you know, I'm going to stop this within two weeks. And now he's saying, I don't know if I'm ever going to stop it indicates that it's getting worse. Right. Uh Right. So therefore the longer you wait to do something, the more likely it's going to get even worse than it is now. Yeah. Or the harder it is to fix it. I mean, you could be in my position. I wish I knew what I knew now back then when Billy first uh, was moving out. I wish I knew it, but I didn't, and I'm in this position. So if you can do something now, now is the time to do it. Yeah, it's been like four months since he told me this, you know, and we've been kind of going around in circles, you know, and and I'm just getting tired of it. You know, I want to have my marriage, but, you know, I don't want to have it with three people, you know. Well, the only control you have over is yourself. Yeah. Like what Joe said. Yeah. And it's been devastating for me. Yeah. And it it will become more devastating. Again, you must make your own decision. But I I, I strongly urge you to consider these boundaries. And if you haven't been on our website yet, marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com. We do have some articles and podcasts and things on there about boundaries. If you want to, to look into that more. And also, if you go to marriage, uh, if you go to iTunes and subscribe to Marriage Radio, which is free, you can find several programs we've done about boundaries if you want to listen to those first. And and they're yeah. all there to help you. Okay? Yes. Well, well thanks very much for your help, and uh, keep me in okay. your prayers. Okay. Absolutely. We, we, we pray for you. God be with you. 
Uh, Tina, that breaks my heart. We got more callers. I'm going to try to get to them before we run out of time. Okay. We got area code 714. Hello, area code 714. You're on the Joe Beam show. Hey, can you hear me? We can hear you. What's your first name? Hey, this is Jolene. Hey, Hey. Tina. How are you? (laughs) Oh, my gal pals are calling in. (laughs) This is another upbeat person. I find my joy through her writings, too. She keeps me upbeat. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Tina. Hi, Hi, Joe. How are you feeling? I'm I'm almost have my voice back. I'm feeling a whole lot better. So I'll just sit here and listen to you and Tina talk for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So I have to tell you, Tina, I am so excited to hear you say all these things that you're saying tonight because um, this is so ironic. Um, My I found a therapist a couple of months back that I wanted my son to go to to help him. Um, with the whole ordeal of what's going on. And my husband um, is also going to the same therapist. Mm-hmm. However, yes, and, and I have to tell you, the therapist, I really, really, really like him. Um, but the thing is, and he, he even claimed to be a Christian, and, and, I'm, and I know that he is, but he's one of those kind of guys I have found out just recently that he wants me just to accept it and move on. Um, with that said, um, he made a comment to me um, last week when my son was in his um, during his therapy session, and and he said he would like to speak with me. And I said, okay, that's great, let's do this. Um, and he said that he sees he sees me as seeing myself as a victim and not the survivor. The therapist said that. Yes. Hmm. So um, at that point, I'm like, hey, let's set up a time. Let's talk. Because I am not, I, I do not see myself as a victim. I see myself Good. as a survivor. And I have to tell you, I love it. My, I, I, I'm going to have to steal some things from you. So um, if plagiarism is, is part of this, I apologize. <laughs> Sure, no, steal, steal, but, steal. <laughs> but, you know, that, that thing that you say you have a 100% track record of surviving negativity? Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm going to have to throw this in the therapist's face because um, I told him, I'm like, no, I don't see myself as a victim at all. What I'm trying to do is, um, I guess, you know, I, I want to show the fact that I'm standing for my marriage and I want the therapist to understand that, but I don't want, I, I'm not a victim at all because I already know that no matter what happens, whether my husband comes back or not, I'm going to come out of this whole thing blessed. Amen. Yep. There you go. And, That's it, exactly. Yep. That's it, exactly. Um, and the group helps stabilize you as well. But you, oh, as long totally as you believe does. that in your heart, you're, you're, you're golden. Oh, I, I completely believe that. I completely believe mm-hmm. that. Um, and and um, so I want to tell you, you know, like I said, I'm going to have to steal some of your words. <laughs> and I, uh, I hope you're okay with that. Oh, um, I'm totally okay with it because I stole it from someone else. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, good. okay, cool, cool. Um, and, and Joe, I wanted to ask you too real quick. Um, I had actually talked to Kimberly and a couple of the other um, gals um, on our Facebook group. 
Um, my <clears throat> husband has actually said to me a few times, um, and he's actually said it to our son, um, that he cannot forgive himself. And because of that, he can't come back home. So he's got this horrendous amount of guilt. And I totally believe that he does because this guy is like bending over backwards to do so many things for me right now. He can't, he can't do enough for me. Like if I called him up and said, hey, you know what, I need five bucks to buy a Subway sandwich, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to put that in your account. Like he totally would do that stuff for me. Um, I can see that the guilt is tremendous for him. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on um, me getting the book, um, you know, getting past guilt, your book, um, and kind of like, um, obviously I would read that also, um, but some way presenting that to him. Um, I wouldn't know how to guide you on that, obviously, because I don't know him, but you do. You do know him. So therefore, you would know how to do it in a way where that it would be okay. And and uh, I tell you what, uh, I usually don't give many of those away. I already gave away one tonight, but you email us. You just uh, email us at askjoe at marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper.com, and, and just say, hey, Joe promised me a, a free copy of Getting Past Guilt too. I'll send it to you. Now, you might want to tell him, and, and you decide how to interact with him because I don't know him, but I wrote that book for me so that I could quit feeling guilty about all the stuff I did. And that was what it was. It was a Bible study I did to get past my own guilt. And most people who buy it or read it, read it for that reason. Interestingly, it has also helped a lot of other people forgive, not just themselves, but forgive other people. And and so it's just one of those God things that turns out being better than you thought it was going to be, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if if you think that he would possibly read it, absolutely. And again, you figure out the best way to get it to him, you know, whether you just offer it to him as a gift or you just say, hey, you know, I heard Joe say he wrote this way. He get past what he did or or you read it and somewhere on the line when you're having a conversation, say, hey, I read this really interesting story in this book. And then you tell one of the stories and then you say, oh, and it's in this book. But here it is. Why don't you take it home and read it? You know, you figure out the best way to pass it over to him. But I think it will help. And I'll be glad to send you one. How about that? Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I just have to tell you guys something really super quick. I know you have got to go, but um, I think I, I posted this in, the, in our group. Um, but this is God. It's totally God. I've been trying to, like, my divorce started eight months ago, and pretty much nothing has happened since then um, because my husband is not pushing anything, and I'm sure that's out of guilt as well. But i got to tell you, like, I was praying to God, um, because my uh, first court appearance was supposed to be on November 13th, and um, I didn't want to go and do this myself. I was praying, how am I going to come up with the money for an attorney, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, this was my uh, uh, just an amazing miracle. I got a phone call a week ago from my husband's attorney's office saying that they couldn't make the court date, and it was going to be postponed, and this was for last Friday the 13th, and as of today, which is Tuesday, there has not been one scheduled yet. Good. I remember reading that. I remember reading that. That's so great. That's so great. I know. I know. So um, that's just, I I totally believe that's God buying time for for You've got to believe to receive. You've got to believe it to receive it. So, you know, I, I think that's, I did read that, and I was so thrilled for you. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Okay, well, I'll let you guys go. Um, thank you so much, um, Joe. Thank you so much, Tina. And Tina, I'll be talking to you soon. I love you, girl. 
Love okay, you. Don't forget, to, to don't forget to email askjoe at marriagehelper.com to remind us about that book, okay? Okay, thank you, Joe, so much. Okay, you're okay. very welcome. Okay. Okay. All right. Good night. Tina, we're running out of time. I have three more callers. Let's see if we can potentially get all of them. Let's give it a shot. What do you say? Let's go Hello, for area. it. Hello, area code 626. Area code 626, you're on the Joe Beam Show. How can we help you tonight? Hello, are you there? Area code 626? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Can we have a first name? Okay. <laughs> yes, my name is Libni. Hi, Libni. Okay, how can we, how can we Hi, help you? I'm, I'm calling because I've been going through the process of my husband coming back home, and he is back home, and he... um. When he came home, he kind of went from, like, not being with the woman he was having an affair to, and he lived with her and had an affair with, and then when he came back, he was kind of, like, struggling, like, ending the relationship, um, but um, as of now, he says that the relationship is done, and neither one wants to be with each other, um, which I am thankful for that, because I've been praying and fasting for that, but now, um, well, like, about a month ago, she... Um, did claim to be pregnant, but he has asked to go to an appointment with her, like to a doctor's appointment with her, and that appointment, that has not happened. Um, she doesn't give him a date or anything. And I just wanted to know if there was any advice from you guys on how to deal with that. Okay, so she's claiming that she's pregnant by him. He thinks it may be true. And he feels like that he's obligated to go to the doctor with it. That's is that what I heard? Well, we want to. Yeah. Well, first we want to know if it's true because he told her, "I'm not coming back regardless whether you are or not." And he has shown that that he's not going. But he just said, you know, I don't know if he's. Well, he kind of said, "Well, I'm telling her like I'll go to the doctor's appointment with you, basically to just see if it's just, um, if she's just making it up, or if it is true." And she's like, oh, okay, I'll let you know. But it's like, I mean, I've had kids, so I know that every time you go to an appointment, you leave with another appointment for the next time. So she should know when the next appointment is, and she doesn't give up information like that. It's just basically like, here's a home test. I'm pregnant by you. And she even texts me and let me know that, you know, supposedly she's pregnant by him. But I didn't respond to the text or anything because I didn't want to feed into it, into like, so basically, what I'm hearing you say, I'm hearing you say that you seriously doubt it. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That I seriously doubt it. Yes, because I know past, um, <clears throat> she's supposed to be like very high risk with all her. We haven't <clears throat> noticed any any patterns of high risk pregnancy in the last. And okay, the, the due date was off. Everything was just off <clears throat> when she said it. But I just want to know how can I. How how can how can this be approached, or is it you just let it play out? I mean, I'm not. Well, you can let it play out, but I do have a suggestion or two for you to consider. Okay. 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 I mean, you know, she's probably not pregnant, but of course, you have to accept the possibility that it may, it may be, mm-hmm. right. and even if even if she is pregnant, it still may not be his. We right. all understand that, right? Right. So yes, if he feels if he feels guilty. And in other words, he feels like, well, if, if I impregnated her, I have the responsibility of going to the doctor with her. If he feels that way, you can understand his feeling that way, but here's what you can request. 
Now, again, I'm not telling you what to do. You always have to make your own decision, right. but just a suggestion of what to request. Say, okay, I understand that you're trying to be responsible, and I do appreciate you trying to be responsible. But if you go with her, would you please take blank with you? Now, blank should be another guy, not you, another guy, okay. and preferably a good, strong Christian guy. So, for example, if you guys are a member of a church, maybe one of the pastors go. Or if, if a pastor can't go, then a good, strong brother Somebody who would actually sit there so that if what she's trying to do is just get some time with him to try to get her hooks back into him, she can't do it because this other guy will be sitting right there next to him and mm-hmm. and she'll get ticked. She'll be mad, all that kind of stuff. Okay, better get ticked and get mad. Your husband right. would have uh, somebody there to make sure that if she's trying to be manipulative, she can't pull it off. You understand what I'm okay. saying? Okay. Do you think he would agree to that? I don't know because I I did suggest for well I didn't suggest for him I just said I just said you know if I wouldn't want him to be going to all the appointments because he doesn't want to go to the all the appointments he just wanted to go to that one to like basically you know confirm um, because he says like you know like he doesn't want to have a relationship with her if there is a baby he you know we both talked about like the right thing is to be responsible financially and emotionally for that child as best as we can and he's expressed you know i'm not trying to have a family with her and a family with you i'm trying to be here and be with you guys not with her but i so i mean i don't know that he would agree to bring in someone because i know she wouldn't agree to it oh she probably wouldn't if i were talking to your husband I'd be strongly suggesting to him, don't go. If she's pregnant, you're going to find out. If she's pregnant, you can actually get something from, you know, you can get the information that you need to get without being there. Now, if you're going because of HIPAA and the other things where that the doctor's not going to tell, you know, me anything about her unless right. I'm actually there, then in that case, if that's why he's going, I still would recommend, okay, if you're going to do that, it, pardon me just one second. <clears throat> still having to work with my voice here. I've been, <laughs> pardon me, trying to get over bronchitis after having pneumonia. Oh, so wow. forgive me. All right. All right. So if, if, if I were in your shoes, I would. Another dishwasher? <laughs> no, 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 a car. A car. No, it's a car because I stepped outside because I didn't want my kids to hear I understand. Me okay. if, if, if I were in your shoes, I'd say, for me, I'm asking a favor. I know that's not going to be comfortable. I know she's not going to like it. But for me, would you please take Charlie with you or Pastor Tom with you or something yeah. like that and 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 not make it, you know, a, a demand like you will do this mm-hmm. or but to do it very gently, and very kindly, like. I appreciate you're here. I appreciate the fact we're going to put the marriage back together. I even appreciate the fact that you want to be responsible for whatever you've done. So I'm asking for me, would you please take somebody with you? And again, the reason I'm saying this is because if this is a ruse, then in all likelihood, she's trying to get some time with him by herself so she can Mm -hmm. try to reignite this thing. And you could just rip that thing off to begin with. Like, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to stop that. Obviously, it's going to be whatever he decides to do. But uh, and even and of course, he won't want to hear this. But even if if the doctor says, yes, you're pregnant, your husband's not going to want to hear it. It's not his because he's going to feel like a fool. But you and right. I both know that there's going to have to be some kind of. A, no, he actually that said that if he he actually said that even if she is pregnant, because 
this other stuff that happened in like in their break while they break up, she hooked up with someone else. Uh-huh. Um, he did. He did. He did say if even if she is pregnant, and even though the person that she was with is a different nationality, they're the same, and we're, he's a different nationality, so it will be uh-huh. very obvious. But he said, even then, I would still want a paternity test before anything. Good. So, I mean, he's really open to that. I, the only part Good. that I don't think he'll be open to is taking someone with him. So part of me is saying, should we? Should I even encourage him getting involved now? Or should we just wait to see if there even is a pregnancy? And just if, it were I, if it were I, I'd wait. Let's just see what's going to happen. I mean, you really don't know what she's doing. You really don't know what's going on. And why push right. it just... Just kind of wait and see what happens. Now that's me. You do what you think is okay. best for you. Right. But that's mm-hmm. what that's what I would do. I would wait, and and if he were going to go, I'd at least try. Mm-hmm. I'd at least say, "Would you do this for me?" Now right. you do what okay. you think is best for you, but I would. Yeah, give no, that I'm gonna bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got okay. three more callers in, in just a no, nine minutes. No, thank you so much. So. Your input really <laughs> helps. Okay. okay. Thank God you very you. much. I'll be Bye. with you. Okay, we're going to area code 202. Hello, area code 202. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hello, 202. Are you there? Hello? Yes. Hello. This is Joe. What's your first name, please? I didn't realize I had pressed one. Sorry. Oh, Um, well, if you don't want to be on the air, we can... I I hear at the beginning. How long have you and your husband been apart? Uh, We have, in December, it will be three years. Three years. We have been living separate, yep. Is he involved with someone else? Uh, He was. I don't know if he still is. I don't really try to keep tabs on him because uh, that hurts for sure. I know that I saw him last week, and he really couldn't look at me, so I would say that there's some guilt and shame going on, uh, my opinion. That's my opinion, but um, I know that um, I look for the little things. That's all I can say to you. I look for the little things. I look for him to, like, I don't have children, so there's no uh, communication about that. He has a son but I'm alienated from him, sad to say. Uh, mm-hmm. But we do have a house in common that um, we do speak about once a month at least about. And that that's the only communication that we really have at this point. But okay. Le- Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the other question I was going to ask, if you have any contact with him at all. Um, my current situation, my husband left in October 2012, and um, we have three grown children. They're all out of the house now, Um, and we didn't find out until October of 2014 that he was involved with someone else, and uh, he filed divorce papers this year in August, and our court date is April 19th of 2016. Um, I'm still trying to reach out to him to call him. I leave him a voicemail every day, and um, he doesn't respond, but every once in a blue moon when he does, if it is about the house, because that's really all we have in common anymore, um, you know, he does mention every once in a while, yeah, I heard your voicemail or something. So I know he's listening to them. I think his mistress has just recently moved in with him, 
and um, I'm still trying to reach out and reconcile. Um, I just didn't know, you know, if I'm doing the right thing because everyone around me, my therapist, friends, family are like, give it up already. You know, he's moved on. You need to move on. And something in my heart keeps telling me, no, hold on, because the affair will end. Um, although I know sometimes they don't. And, um, well, I, ha- I can definitely feel your pain for sure. Um, I I don't contact Billy that much. Uh, I actually have pulled back a lot. I did in the beginning, and it kind of backfired on me. Um, it didn't um, show that I was stable if I was calling him all the time for little, little things. Um, I What I do is I work on myself, and every time that I do see him, um, I feel good. You know, I I put Mm -hmm. makeup on and I'll wear a nice sweater or a shirt or something like that. Um, But I also project out positiveness that as much as I would love to reconcile, I also look at it maybe that God is working on him just as much as he's working on me and that it's not ready to be reconciled yet. I mean, there's, right. so, there's certainly something said that the fact that you guys have been separated for as, almost as long as Billy and I have, um, actually by two months, you beat me. Um, yes. But it also shows that um, he's he may not be completely sure. You can't think for him and you can't act and you can't speak for him. All you can do is for yourself and control yourself and your own actions. So... Uh, as far as that therapist, I don't know that therapist or anything like that, but I have a therapist myself, and he has never said to me, you need to give it up. I would question that if it came out of my therapist's mouth. I wouldn't wouldn't know how to deal with that. I think I might find a new therapist if he said that to me, because it doesn't jive with what is in my heart. Right. So, I, I, she, she's said to me, I mean, she's tr- she understands my position, I've told her time and time again, I still love my husband. I want to reconcile my marriage. And she tells me, you know, from everything you've told me, you had a toxic marriage, which was true for a good part of it. You know, the last 10 years was really bad. And I I have taken full responsibility for what I did in the marriage. I'm not sure that my husband has. Um. And, uh, you know, it's just things like that that she's trying to show me. Well, he's moved on with his life, so, you know, you should probably, too. There are other men out there. You can find somebody who will treat you, you know, like you deserve to be treated. I mean, my two adult daughters are saying the same thing to me. They don't even have a relationship with their father. And um, my son, who lives on the other side of the country, um actually met her because my husband took her on vacation there and introduced her to our two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. Well, so, I, hate, I hate to interrupt here. I really do, but we're almost out of time. We have more callers. May I make the following suggestions? Number one, don't end a marriage unless you're ready to do so. No matter what a therapist or anybody else tells you, it's got to be your decision, not somebody else's your decision. I'm so very sorry for your pain. I really am. If you feel like you need to stay and fight for your marriage for a while, then do that. Only when it's peace in your heart to move on. And I'm not sure that a therapist or anybody else can tell you that a marriage is toxic only by talking to one person. 
I think if you're going to make that kind of a diagnosis, you really need to talk to more people. But but then again, it's your life. It's your decision. And I sure hate to, to move on, but I have several more callers. I can't get to all of them because we've only got a couple of minutes left. But there's one more caller that's been waiting an hour. And, and if you don't mind, I'm going to try to at least speak to them before we go off the air. And, and yeah, thank oh, you. May, God be, may God be with you. Okay. All right. This will be the last caller we can talk to tonight because we're out of time. It's area code 580. Hello, area, area code 580. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi, guys. I didn't even realize I've been waiting that long. I just was listening. <laughs> <Wasn't even laughs> yeah. Um, I've talked to you a couple of times back in September. Um, my husband left in June and um, moved directly out of my house and in with um, his ex. We've been together 20 years, and it was um, his ex from before us, and they had a child together. So she she was three when we got together. We've got grandchildren now, and we have our own son. Um, he's with her, still with her. He came home once briefly and went right back. Hmm. And your advice was to me, yes, go ahead and drag it out as long as you can. Um, with the divorce or anything, I have my attorney. I um, we've not filed anything. We're trying to quote unquote work it out together, and we haven't come up with all the final details. But I still filed the first papers, covering my own tail. He's been to see several attorney or the attorney several times for questions. He's never filed. He always comes back. Um, anytime we have an argument, discussion, whatever the problem is. A problem with her, he always comes back and apologizes. He can't let it sit too long. She gets angry. He's not supposed to talk to me every day, and he'll call me every single day. Um, well, not the weekends, but and that angers her. But he does it anyway because he says, you know, that he's talked to me forever. You know that we're friends, and that's what we're going to be. There's so many signs to me that still say that that there's something to to look for there and something that tells, still tells me God's saying yes. Um, what do I do in this position? Because we still see each other because of my son, but how much time and attention do I give him and how much space should I, I mean, how much should I kind of push him away to make him be like, you know, you don't get to be my friend forever and walk out and treat me this way. Is that what you want to do? Well, I want to be good parents together. I don't want us to have a bad relationship. But at the same time, I'm getting really tired of waiting with this heart. I'm tired of it. Right. Well, I, I don't, don't want to give up, and I don't think I should. But I also don't know what steps I should be taking on where the boundaries, should, you know, what is acceptable for where where we are, you know, for me to be showing him, okay, you got to make some decisions. Well, you can do that. Just understand the following. And, and and if you want to do that, it's obviously your right, your privilege to do that. You impress me as a person that's uh, that's capable and that's calm. That's not, not doing something rashly. If you decide, okay, I'm going to do something, we strongly suggest that you don't do something thinking, if I do that, then he's going to do this thing, which is good. In other words, if you were to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and file for divorce because I think maybe that'll get him off dead center and straighten him up and maybe try to bring him back to me. If you were to think something like that, we'd say that may not be what's going to happen. If you go ahead and push, if you go ahead and say, okay, that's it. These are the criteria we're going to divorce. He may go away and never come back. Might he straighten up? Absolutely. Might he come back and want to have that, that relationship with you again? Absolutely. But you don't, you don't file divorce or create some real strong negative thinking that by creating the negative, 
he's going to wind up doing something good. He may, but if you do the negative, we strongly urge you to do the negative with the understanding and the mindset that this negative consequence is going to end things. That way, if he doesn't come back, at least you knew what you were doing and you go, okay, but that's my decision. I made it. I made it because that's what I wanted to do. If he does come back and say, wait, wait a minute, let's, let's try something different than wonderful. That's great. But if you decide to do something definitive, we, we strongly urge you to do it with the mindset that this is the end. This is the definitive thing. I'm doing it so that if he doesn't come back, you don't wind up thinking, oh, my, I shouldn't have done that. Now, the no, fact that's that he's the last talk- thing I can do because I'm not I don't <clears throat> there's nothing in me that wants to sign that paper. I've I've drugged everything. Quote, unquote. I mean, he'd say you've dragged it, dragged it along, but I have kept from signing that first paper because. I do have to cover myself. If we can't come to an agreement, then I have to cover myself on how to file. But then also, um, it also postpones that waiting period. When that waiting period starts, it doesn't start until I sign that, until those papers are filed. And that just buys me more time. Um, so do you want to go ahead and file? No, I do not want to file. But I do want to know, I mean, it, I, I, I feel like, you know, I don't like not talking to him every day. That's kind of where we've been, and that was kind of one of my arguments. That's bullcrap just because she says something. I'm not playing her games either. We've got a son. we got things to talk about. We're, you know, this is baloney. Um, mm-hmm. Suck it up. I've had to deal with her for 20 years. She needs to get over it. Um, she knows mm-hmm. what she's doing. Um, but then at the same time, I'm wondering if allowing that much contact is – giving him too much of too much security from me. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, absolutely. I understand. That I'm still the there. problem is that none of us, <clears throat> that none of us can know that, you know, if you don't know that, we certainly can't know that obviously. And so yeah, I didn't know. If yes, I, some ideas. I, I definitely understand it. I really do. And so it comes down to you saying, okay, what do I think is best for me? Now, you can set some boundaries where you can say, okay, uh, as long as you're going to be involved with her, the only thing the only thing you can talk to me about is, and then you set the criteria. You can talk to me about the children. You can talk to me about money. You can talk to me about this, but nothing else as long as you're involved with her. And so you can actually set those kind of boundaries without having to go ahead and sign anything if you're not ready to. Yeah. As far as limerence goes, one of the th- the thing that confuses me so much in my heart, I know that with that this is something that's gotten very messed up because of our situation. Um, she's also the one that lost the son um, right before, about five months before they got together, four months, mm-hmm. and it kind of played into how all this happened and how she mm-hmm. allowed access in um, a little closer, and mm-hmm. it's created a big mess. It's not a normal situation, and it's went so far as you know he's at, he has even proposed to her. And this is just a few months into it. Yes, they had a relationship 20 years ago, but it didn't last. There's reasons why it didn't and reasons mm-hmm. why it won't now, why it, that still is the same thing. But I feel like he's trying to make up for lost time or fix something mm-hmm. that didn't happen. And I know mm-hmm. that he loves her. I don't deny that. She's his daughter's mother. Um, but then at the same time, there's the things that he does that tells me, that that's not completely true, that it's just something he's going through. Do you agree with that, or or am I being naive? It certainly sounds like he's confused. It certainly does. The fact that he wants to talk to you regularly and those kinds of things, it surely sounds like he's confused. It really does. 
the problem is without knowing him and knowing more about your situation, I really don't know how to to give you things to think about here, except to say that it sounds to me like you're thinking it through really well. I mean, you're analyzing every different aspect of it. How do you draw conclusions? I don't know. Because when it comes to things like limerence, when it comes to emotions, logic doesn't always prevail. But does he want to be with her in one sense? Absolutely. Does he want to be with you in another sense? It sure sounds like it. Is he messed up over that? It sure sounds like that, too. It really does. But that kind of puts you in the driver's seat. That means that you can decide what happens next, whatever that's going to be. And unfortunately, none of us can predict how he's going to react to that. But uh, I, I don't blame you for saying, okay, this is really confusing because he's coming at me in different ways. And, and this doesn't seem like a textbook, anything. So what do I do? Cause you're right. It's not textbook. It's, it's pretty muddled. It's pretty confused. And I really don't have enough insight to know how to even suggest one other question. As far as the limerence itself goes in the beginning. And even as, as recently as, I don't know, a month ago, month and a half ago, and um, we were a lot closer um, physically, and and I don't know, things have changed recently um, since he posed and everything. But I still don't feel like it's completely gone, and I feel like there is the confusion in it because he's got guilt with it, um, and mm-hmm. he flat out says that's what it is, is that it's guilt, and I get that, and it's because mm-hmm. he's the good person doing the bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, does that? Is that a good thing that he's coming further through? Does he have to go through that to come through that limerent? Or is that a sign that he's... That it's Typically, you only see guilt. Out? Typically, you only see guilt early in limerence or late in limerence. In other words, Why when a person is in full... around me? <clears throat> well, guilt, what now? I'm sorry. He um, Like if he, if he spends too much time with me or if he... Um, reacts to me in a certain way. If he were to kiss me goodbye or something like that, then he's feeling guilt for betraying her then as well. Um, so, so he feels so guilt about spending too of, much time with you. Well, not even too much time, but about, you know, how he reacts to me. We're going to have to not do this or we're not going to have to not do that or, you know. Um, right. And Either way, either way, guilt, guilt typically is seen either early in limerence or very late in limerence. When a person okay. is in the middle and the full throes of limerence, they don't feel guilty about anything. It's, it's so much uh, they have done what they have resolved cognitive dissonance in a way that keeps them from feeling guilt. So if he's feeling guilt either way, toward you, toward her, toward either one of you, that indicates the great likelihood. Now, understand likelihood because I'm, I'm not God. I can't tell you what's happening. But that indicates the great likelihood that he is in late limerence. And if he's in late limerence, that's a good thing, because once that halo effect starts fading away about the other person, then then a person starts seeing all kinds of flaws and what's going on and wondering why the heck am I doing this and et cetera. So while I cannot guarantee you that's what's happening, it sure sounds like that's what's happening. And if that's the case, then he may within, be within just a few months of this being over. He may. And he is saying more things where in the beginning it was more of, oh, we're working it out and we're figuring out how to fight and blah, blah, blah. And now it is more of, you know, that there he's seeing more of the issues that are still there. But he's like, yeah, but I'm willing to live with that. Yeah. And I don't think that he I don't think that that's completely true because it's for who he's for 43 years. He's not been that person. I can't take the drama. I can't take the fighting. I can't take the this or that or the other. 
It, um, it sounds to me like Sure sounds to me like he's on the, in the latter end of Senator Bloomberg's. Again, I can't know that for a fact, but that's sure what it sounds like. Somebody had an idea to to chunk her husbands and stuff in in a trunk and get them to the to the meetings and gosh if that was only possible. <laughs> Two by four so with now. He won't. That only will not. That's the only. He will not come because she won't allow it. She won't she, allow it now. Yeah. She won't allow it yeah. now. Let's just uh, if you can if you can wait a little while if you can you may see this within the next few months beginning to fall apart. I can't promise that, but I kind of like what I'm hearing here. It it sounds it sounds to me like it's on the backhand side, and if that's right, things are going to change within the next few months. If that's right. That's great. Well, if anything, if if there is, keep praying. I'd love to see you in Dallas. Yeah, I would love to see you. Okay. Thanks so God much, be with guys. You. You okay, too. thank you. Okay. Hey, Tina, we're actually over time, but I actually fudged a few minutes extra so we didn't get kicked off the air because I wanted you to oh, talk goody. just a couple of minutes before we go off. So what would you like to say to these good people listening? Well, I wanted to end with a great quote that I keep in my heart from Joseph Campbell, and that is simply, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And that is you, Joe. You have been life-changing for me. And I know with the rest of the group as well, but I can only speak about myself. It's just uh, such a privilege to know you and the BEAM team, and my life will never be the same. And whether I reconcile with my husband or not, the next relationship that I have, that guy has better watch out because he is going to get an <laughs> overload of awesomeness. <laughs> and you will meet him or you will see Billy again because no matter what, I'm going through that workshop again. I, I want that to happen. And uh, if, if things don't work with Billy and you marry somebody else, we will test him every way to Sunday and we'll That's make right. sure that that he understands that if he mistreats you, my brothers are in the paving business and they'll put him in a parking lot somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. And thank you for mentioning that, uh, that save my marriage online course. You mentioned that earlier. We're uh, early in early December. We're going to actually open that up again. Our next group is going to start in January. So if, if for those who are left listening, what would you tell those that are considering getting in that online course, Save My Marriage? I would say definitely go for it. I mean, it it's, works for both you and your partner or just for you, for the ones that cannot get uh, to Tennessee, to the lovely state of Tennessee, uh, which was a lovely state. But I did, coming from New York, it was a, that was another eye-opener. <laughs> I would say, to, you know, if you can't do, I did both. I was lucky enough to be able to do both. I jumped on it right away when it was first offered. Uh, it was a no-brainer for me. It's one of those things. Um, you know, I go, I try to go through my life of being a boss, be a boss, and that's uh, to believe, to be, to overcome. That I sow and I serve, and that's me. Uh, be a boss. That's awesome. Well, I think starting next week we're going to start making a, an offer for the next Save My Marriage course. Tina, you have been a delight. You have said some wonderful things to the people who called, and of course, some people called just to talk to you. So I'm got a little jealous here. Little jealous. That's okay. Well, we went through our peeps and your peeps. I mean, my guys. I guess we're allowed to stay up later. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I'm kidding about jealous. I think I the know. world of you. I think you're absolutely awesome. All right, for Tina, this is Joe. Thank you very much for being part of our program tonight. 
and have a good evening. Take care. God bless. Take care. Bye.